The disruption piece is uh, most recruiters are are trying to fill a seat. You got an empty chair? Well, yeah, give me a job description and we'll start throwing it against the wall. What we created was a strategic approach and said, you know what? You say you've got an empty chair. I want to understand what that chair is doing. How does it interact with the rest of the chairs? Keep the analogy going. So we created something we call strategic talent planning. It's our way of taking your business plan, your your financial forecast, your hopes and dreams. What do you need to do to accomplish those hopes and dreams? What does your existing team look like? Then let's start thinking about what you need to add. The following is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end client experience platform that helps you get the job, manage the job, and get credit. Hey, hey, this is Gordon Henry of Winning on Main Street, and this week we're fortunate to spend time with an expert in the field of hiring and building the people side of your business, Kurt Wilkin. Welcome, Kurt. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Gordon. Great to have you. So brief intro on Kurt. Kurt Wilkin is a connector of dots, ideas, and people. He's the co-founder and visionary of Hire Better, a recruiting firm out of Austin, Texas. He authored the book, Who's Your Mic? A No BS Guide to the People You'll Meet on Your Entrepreneurial Journey, and also the ebook, The Recruiting Industry is Broken. Prior to founding Hire Better, Kurt founded and led the controller group, TCG, professional services firm focused on accounting technology and recruiting, which he and his partner sold to Tatum in 20 or 2006. Kurt began his career as an accountant with Ernst & Young, where he worked with early stage and high growth middle market clients. Kurt's an active angel investor, managing partner at B-Cave Capital, and he sits on the boards of several companies and nonprofits. He lives in the Austin, Texas area, his wife and three sons, and he loves coaching youth sports, me too. That's uh, near and dear to my heart, Kurt. So Kurt, tell us in 2011, this is after you've exited the controller group, you buy, you, you bought Hire Better, right? And your goal was, I think, to disrupt recruiting. So what did that mean to you? And, and did you, have you disrupted recruiting? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I set out to change everything I knew about the recruiting industry. I felt like, and still believe, much of it is dastardly broken. Uh, and I, that's why I mentioned the ebook, you mentioned the ebook, the recruiting mm-hmm. industry is broken. And I came in and changed everything, the the way recruiters are paid, the way they recruit, the types of roles they recruit and everything. And in fact, it was so funny. I would talk to my friends and like, tell me what you're doing. And I'd go into my word vomit on them. Right. And and after like 10 minutes, like, dude, I have no idea what you're what you're what you do, because (laughs) you say you're the anti recruiter. And what I learned is that and got some advice on this. If you're trying to disrupt an industry, choose one thing. You can't change five things because you're going to try to change too much and people don't understand what you're doing anymore. So um, we have disrupted our niche. We work exclusively with what I call high growth companies, you know, entrepreneurial companies who are going from scrappy startup to scale. And we help them really professionalize their team. Okay. Where was the disruption piece in there? The disruption piece is uh, most recruiters are, are trying to fill a seat. You got an empty chair? Well, yeah, give me a job description and we'll start throwing it against the wall. What we created was a strategic approach and said, you know what? You say you've got an empty chair. I want to understand what that chair is doing. How does it interact with the rest of the chairs? Keep the analogy going. So we created something we call strategic talent planning. It's our way of taking your business plan, your, your financial forecast, your hopes and dreams. 
what do you need to do to accomplish those hopes and dreams? What does your existing team look like? Uh, most of which, or many of which, you probably outgrown or in the wrong roles. Then let's start thinking about what you need to add. And so the book you mentioned earlier, Who's Your Mike? There's virtually almost no recruiting in the book. It's more about what does your existing team look like? What are the, some of the people you've outgrown on your way to, to where you are? So let's talk about Who's Your Mike? So it was a book that you obviously wanted to write and you felt tell the unique story. Why don't you tell us what was the, what was the message of Who's Your Mike and, and what does that title mean? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, first, I'll say it's, it's uh, while it is in the business book genre, it's the most anti, you know, different business book you've ever read. Mike is, uh, is, is the title character, uh, but not every chapter uh, is set up like this. But Mike is your fraternity brother in college. Mm -hmm. You guys were best buds, thick as thieves. You trusted him with your life. And when you, uh, when you started your business in your garage, Mike was right there with you. Nights and weekends helping you with all the administrative things, the back office stuff, the, the stuff you didn't like to do and didn't know how to do. And when you became a real company, uh, Mike joined you as your accountant, still doing those non-biz dev, non-product you know product related things, things like setting up your bank account, maybe setting up your LLC, stuff like that. And as you grew, you rewarded Mike's 100-hour weeks by promoting him. And as he continued to grow with title and responsibilities, he didn't grow professionally. The challenge is Mike's never done this before. He's never built an accounting team for a $20 million company. So he's making all this stuff up on his own. And uh, you look up and Mike is, is swirling. He's in over his head. He's now trying to negotiate a big merger with your biggest competitor, maybe a $10 million line of credit with the bank. Whatever it is, he's swirling and he doesn't want to admit it because he's so loyal to you. So the question for all your entrepreneurial audience is, who's your Mike? Mm -hmm. Everybody who's an entrepreneur has got a Mike, either has one, used to have one, or will have one. So who's your Mike? Yeah, fascinating. And to just finish the story, so you recommend, I assume, that when you have a Mike who's maybe risen above the level where he's really capable, you've sadly got to find a way to exit out of Mike and bring in somebody who's more appropriate for the company where it is today. Maybe, maybe. And so that's the way the book is written is, look, I don't have your answer. No one's got your answer. But I can tell you stories of what other people have done. And you can find the nugget in there that's going to support you. So every fourth or fifth chapter, I have what's called an intermission, where we ask questions about Mike. Is Mike coachable? Could he become your CFO of tomorrow? Maybe. Can you, uh, can, you, can you learn all the bumps and bruises along the way that you're going to have if he's learning on the job? Maybe you need to go too fast. You need to bring someone in from the outside. Maybe he's a strong individual contributor. What we often find is that Mike is a damn good controller, a good accountant. He's just not a future-looking financial partner. So maybe we put him back in, in, into that role and bring in an outside CFO. So lots of different nuances based on his coachability, his humility, his, uh, you know, his capabilities. Hmm. Fascinating. Sounds, sounds like a really compelling read. I, I want to switch gears to more local businesses. I know you tend to work with these sort of high-growth businesses, but a lot of the businesses that, frankly, are listening to our show tend to be Local business owners, they own, you know, they're a dentist or they're a plumber or they're a roofer. They own a local business, a business that's successful. Maybe they have a couple of trucks on the road servicing people's houses. They're not looking to become the next Facebook. They just want to run a successful local business. And I say just because that's not an easy thing to do. And I hear from them that there's a dearth of workers, that it's tough to find people who have the skills they need. It's tough to 
bring people in and keep them. What's going wrong you know, in the hiring market today? Are kids busy wanting to be digital marketing majors and social media specialists, but not plumbers or roofers anymore? First and foremost, we tell all of our clients and all companies, the employees of today are different from the days of even two or three years ago before uh, COVID. And what I mean by that is, is for the most part, we are, they are looking for purpose and meaning more than just a paycheck. Mm. So whether you're a forklift driver, a restaurant employee, or a CMO, you're looking for something more powerful than just a paycheck. And that doesn't mean you have to be, you know, saving the world. It just means you're doing something bigger than yourself. And what most of your listeners can do is, is find that meaning, that purpose that they can hold themselves out for. Like, why do we exist? And and find find out what it is. And um, and usually more often than not, it's impactful. If it's just making money, that's that could be a purpose. You're not going to attract a lot. You're going to attract certain employees, but not not all of them. You know, I've always heard that the key to keeping an employee happy is a good manager, that they like their manager. That it's not necessarily about pay, maybe not even about the higher cause of the company that they have a good manager who, you know, does things that managers should do, look after them, mentors and so forth. And that's nothing new. That's the way it's been for a long time. Is, are you saying that's no longer true, that those kind of old ideas about what made people like a job and stay are no longer true? And it's got to be this higher purpose idea? I think the manager is part of the higher purpose, in my mm -hmm. opinion. So the manager is not necessarily whether you're a good at holding people accountable and giving people direction. It's also the relationships that you build and the type of person that your manager is. So that's what I think of when I think of staying for managers. And that's something we have at, at, at higher better is uh, the, the, I think the people aspect is so strong that people are staying oftentimes for managers because they can make more money elsewhere, especially being recruiters right now. So what are the fundamental concepts other than this mission that you talked about? Or are there other fundamental concepts about hiring better that companies who come to you need to learn in order to succeed? You know, um, there's a um, whole myth out there about for companies that only need to hire A players, or you should only hire A players. Mm -hmm. And we have a chapter in my book called B Player Bob, where we say, look, B players have a place too. Mm -hmm. In fact, a B player can be a really good employee. They're not necessarily your your future president, but they, they're they very solid employees. Um, so just understanding that is part of the aspect, but here's the bigger things that more to your, to your question, especially in today's job market. If you look back two or three years ago, most companies were hiring like based on LinkedIn and Indeed and other job boards. And if you get somebody to answer an ad, it's not that hard to get them to join your company. They're probably C players. But if you really want to hire an A or B player, sure, you need to interview them and screen them and do all the things you want to do, but you've got to sell them some sizzle too. Why should they leave their amazing opportunity to come work for you? And if all you're doing is grilling them and you're putting them through a five-week process and having them interview with 30 people and everyone's disorganized and no one knows what they're doing, you're not going to win the, the A or B players. You're only going to be able to get the, you know, what's left over. So put on your, your own A game if you're going to try to attract amazing teammates. We have more to cover with Kurt Wilkin. But first, a message from Winning on Main Street guest Mark Myers over at Peak Profit Solutions. You know, it's unfortunate that every year, an estimated 90% of high-income earning employees and businesses over 
pay and taxes. Yes, overpay and taxes. If only they had the time and resources to navigate the seemingly endless pages of tax code. Larger companies have those resources as a result, they often pay zero or very little in taxes. Well, the good news is there's hope and it starts with a brief phone call to Mark Myers, founder of Peak Profit Solutions. Mark is a tax savings architect and has a track record of reducing his client's tax burden by 30 to 60%. No need to change your CPA or invest in high-risk assets. If you're tired of cutting fat checks to the IRS and want to know how to pay lower rates like the big guys, book a free 20-minute consultation with Mark. Just go to peakprofitsolutions.com and click on Schedule an Appointment. Knowledge is powerful when properly applied. Peakprofitsolutions.com. So back to Kurt Wilkin. Curious about your thoughts on virtual work and this whole question of what should the work environment be? You know, we, we've got some people saying it should all be virtual. Some people saying, no, get back to the office. Some people saying, I want the hybrid in between. What are your thoughts on that as an expert in this area? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really your preference as an employer. I will say that if you're based in Tupelo, Mississippi, and you want people in the office every day, it's hard for us, hire better to recruit for you because there's a lot of other options that those A players have that mm -hmm. might include a virtual or hybrid environment. However, many of your listeners, listeners, small to medium-sized businesses, they're not geared or set up to work with virtual employees. Mm -hmm. And so you, if you can't hold people accountable and you don't have systems and structure to make sure that they're doing their job properly, I don't know if I would do it. Mm -hmm. And I guess most of your folks have the uh, problem also of having some people who have to be on site, like restaurant employees and factory workers, mm -hmm. and then you try to have a, high, a virtual, you know, office environment. That's tough. Well, Kurt, we're just about out of time. I'm curious. You, you you've got Hire Better is 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 your latest uh, adventure. It's you've been doing this, I guess, since 2011. Um, what's the future of Hire Better and what's next for you? Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about recruiting as a service. I'm super excited about that. On a related front, we're, uh, we've been working on, uh, we call fractional chief people officer, but most early stage companies have a desperate need for a, a people strategy. And what they usually pay for or get is a, an HR department that they hate. And so what, I, what we're working on is just the strategy piece and then we'll have uh, another team do the, the compliance-related generalist things that, that, that HR people generally lean to. Because I think the anything more broken than the recruiting industry is probably the, the HR industry. So that's uh, that's the next on our, on our list. But for me, we've gotten so much uh, uh, success with Who's Your Mic? And it just the, the book uh, strikes a chord with entrepreneurs everywhere because we've all had versions of these employees. And it's been fun. Uh, watching and listening to the uh, uh, responses from folks. So I've been doing more podcasts and I, I know uh, speaking engagements uh, are, are, are coming back in vogue and I, I know I've already been booked for some of those. So I'm excited to, to spread the message. It's a, it's a great message. I just want to conclude, first of all, thanks for coming. And how should people learn more about getting involved with you and hire better? You know, we have a website for the book called at who'syourmike.com. And uh, we have a fun quiz for those of you who think maybe I've got a mic, maybe not. I'm not really sure of my situation. It's a who'syourmic.com slash quiz. That's probably the best way. And hirebetter.com. I'm happy to, to uh, be a sounding board for any of your listeners as they go through their own people challenges. Right. Well, thanks for stopping by, Kurt. Great to have you on the show. Hey, Gordon, I love what you guys are doing to help small to medium-sized businesses, man. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Well, thanks to our producer, Tim Alleman and coordinators, Diet Barnett and Daniel Huddleston. 
And for those out there, if you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you did, please tell a friend or colleague to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review. It really helps us in the ratings of the podcast and allows other people to find us. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Until next time, make it a great week. Oh, 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 o